Hi, and welcome to Obscura by Hypotect. No longer EDM Obscura. We've we've ditched the EDM. Now we're just in the realm of obscurity. Now instead of just a you know a show by no one for no one, looking into the lives of no one in the EDM community. Now we're doing that everywhere. We're just you know keeping the joke running. Um, I hate to say this but there was a there have been some recent departures in the uh edm obscura community uh my uh, trusty co-host 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 is no longer with us he uh he died in a very very uh, horrible way to uh quote the show silicon valley and um starboy just will probably be back on as a guest fairly soon but he's no longer involved um but we're here with toast he's involved um, we recorded an episode with him last week, and um, now you're going to hear the one this week. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going, man? What what has changed in the last week? Uh, I dropped the single. The song came out to a, uh, I'm not going to nice. say a thunderous response, but uh, there was some response, and it was pretty nice. Did a, um, You did get like retweeted like and like shared by some people, right? Yeah, Base Coast reposted it, which is... Just completely unexpected. Um, there was one, uh, like a Progressive House retweeting account, retweeted my the promo video I put up. Um, so there's a little bit of traction. It was a, a surprise, I guess. Nice. Well, as long as it's like, it, as long as it's more than you anticipated, it's always good, right? Yeah, I try not to have too big, big uh, hopes for for releases. As much as I like the music that I release, I can't expect that, you know, all my mates are going to be like, oh, heck yeah, rush to SoundCloud and spam the like button or anything like that. Right. But yeah, it was it was a good release. Um, as, you know, as far as releases have gone, um, definitely the biggest one that I've had. That's awesome. Gives you a... The uh, threshold is now just this much higher and then when yeah. the next one isn't quite as good, you're just going to feel that much more disappointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just setting setting myself up. Too, the expectations are too high now. I think I think I'll be all right though. No, I had, I had one episode and did like particularly well, and then none of the rest have like gotten even close. So it's every week it's disappointment <laughs> for me. Maybe maybe it was that one guest who who it was legitimately his first adventure, and all of his family listened to it. Right. I remember playing Battle of the Bands and occasionally it would be like, that is, this is very clearly this band's first gig and all of the family's there and all of the mates are there. They might not come to the next right. one, but they're here now and it looks pretty good. Right, they're there for the first one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want, them, you want them like there for the first one and then you want them there for the 30th one. Yeah, the big celebration. Um, but it's, it's kind of a, a losing game to like try and market your your art to only the people that you know um yeah. it's kind of kind of feels a bit like a pyramid scheme you know abusing your personal network what for what seems like a monetary game um right i've always thought that you know it's it's not a bad way to start you know amongst your hundreds of facebook friends there's bound to be one or two people who are legitimately interested in your art um so put it there by all means but don't you know don't rely on that as, as your entire promotional uh, plan for a song. 
Right. I mean, well, there are so many EDM artists who their whole thing is just marketing, you know, at other EDM artists. So I think it's kind of common practice, but probably not a great way to achieve any kind of quote unquote real success. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, my, my cousin messaged me and said that she liked my song and also sent me a, a song in return. It was a, a friend of hers nice. playing guitar on the beach. Um, sort of like, Oh, so like the same thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some, uh, some banging techno. Right. Um, speaking of banging techno, I think we should do like maybe a little introduction. Sweet. For for the anyone listening who, because we have to remember that we've already gone through this. But <laughs> no one's gonna hear that. Anyone else? Right? Everybody else up to speed. All right. So what um what are the project names that you're currently going under? So it's old toast. I'm putting out. Uh, I have previously put out some down tempo. Um, like electronica, a little bit similar to maybe like Tricky, Portishead, or something like that. Um, I will say not as, it's a bit more vague. I was, I was really just throwing shit at the wall at that stage, but it's out, it's all out. Um, <laughs> all the shit I, 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 I finished at the big, when I started making music has been published for like, for better or worse, but I don't know. Can't, can't be too precious about that stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, any anything that I make is going to be called released under Toast, unless there's a project or you know um, a partnership or group thing that is significant enough to to warrant a new a new identity. Um, but Toast Toast seems to work. Right. Like you said, like you were saying in the last one, um, the symmetry of it is like nice. Yeah. Yeah. The two letters, one one two numbers, one letter, two numbers. Mm. The just the A in the middle yeah. works good. As someone whose uh, logo is just a giant H, um, also a pretty big fan of symmetry. <laughs> no kidding. Just you know, just a simple iconic, you know, just something very simple and very you know basic to just ram down people's throats. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's that uh, you know awareness. If someone's like, oh, I recognize that logo. Right. Right. I don't know. I worked in marketing insights for a long time, and that, that's oh, yeah? like a metric that that is quite often measured in um, when you're looking at insights. It's like top of mind awareness. Like when you think of when you think of electronic artists, what's the first artist that pops into your mind? And you know that was the type of clients that we were servicing would be generally in the first mentions um, in the fields that we were looking at. Right. Right. So you worked in marketing for a little while. Or you want to like go a little more into that? Sure. I worked in uh, in marketing insights um, for a market research company. Okay, so like like SEO stuff. Mm, no, it was like um, the what was that acronym? FMCG, fast moving consumer goods. Um, basically, looking at optimizing menus in, for fast food, optimizing like product offerings for things like cereal companies. Um, like looking back, cool, cool. it was pretty like evil work, like <laughs> making money for, for these like soulless corporations. Um, but it was definitely like stimulating. There was a lot of stuff to learn. Um, it was, uh, my, my role was doing, uh, like data manipulation, um, tabulation, um, a little bit of programming as well. Nice. So you have like a programming background then? Not, not really. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, they needed the, the 
they'd gone through all the qualified applicants by the time they got to me, and they were just looking for someone who, oh. who they could they could train. So I, I think I was useful, like productive after the first year, um, but before that, uh, maybe held them back a little bit. <laughs> right, that's always uh, a fun position to be in. Like I don't, you're paying me way more than I deserve, but I but I think that you think that. <laughs> One day I'm going to be worth it. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of that. Uh, that's like the first, like as an architect, like that's like the first like three to five years of your um, training, like in an office. Yeah, try not to get in anyone's way. Try not to get in anyone's way. Ultimately, you end up getting in everyone's way. Yeah. And then you probably end up leaving that office to go be useful. The first useful job is usually your second or third one. Yeah, yeah. So you just as like a byproduct of like the failures of the education system, you just end up wasting firms like $150,000 to like train you essentially for the first It's a big years. investment. It's like taking someone yeah. from, you know, even, even someone skilled, taking them from, uh, you know, untenured to someone who, who's productive. Um, and it's something that I guess I, I overlooked initially um, just coming into new companies and, and not, uh, not appreciating the the amount of investment that people have to you know that is taken for trying to train someone right absolutely um but music what daw do you use uh i use reaper primarily have been reaper. have been learning ableton i'm like i think i have like 5 days left on the trial but uh still still giving a good go how do you like it it's good there's there's a uh, the things that I use in Ableton are the things that are included in Suite, which is, it makes me kind of annoyed. It's like thinking if I, if I really want to use Ableton, I have to pay the thousand dollars or whatever it is to, to get the full version. Um, I like right, the, right. Uh, the like Maxwell Live LFO device um, and being able to assign it to multiple parameters. That's something that's not in Reaper. Um, mm -hmm. Build a nice... Yeah, I think that was a lot of that was a lot of why I ended up going to Bitwig is because you have the kind of Max Live-esque capabilities, but like at half the price. Yeah, uh, Bitwig sort of caught my attention a little bit. Um, who was it? Uh, somebody was espousing the virtues of the the modulation in in Bitwig. Um, oh, stimming. Um, he was talking about the, the machine standalone and he was like, if you want to have a, if, if you at, uh, native instruments want to know how good modulation looks, have a look at, uh, at Bitwig. So that, that sort of took my, my interest a little bit. So I might have a go at that next. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Definitely worth looking at. Yeah. So Reaper and, and Ableton, um, but from Ableton, not for much longer, I guess. <laughs> Right, the uh, five days, <laughs> the trial, and then just—it feels a little bit like the whole. ring. You know, you have five day, days left, and then you can no longer look at your projects. Man, I saw that movie way too late. I saw the movie maybe like a year ago for the first time. Which one? The Ring. No, no, which one did which which version of the Ring? Um, I don't know. I guess the original one. Was it the like the Japanese one? Or was it the one with... No. Was it Sarah Michelle Gellar or like Jessica Alba? It was like someone... If only there was a way to 
<laughs> Only there was a way to find this out. Um, okay, not the book, not the poem. Uh, not the Romanian film. <laughs> okay, not... Okay, uh, the 2002 Gore Verbinski. Huh. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. I was way off. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was though. I thought it was okay. <laughs> it, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen it since there was the hype. I think there is, you know, there has been a like a progression in horror movies that older movies obviously have less of that like frightening, sh- you know, shocking appeal. Um, I watched right. I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was a couple of months ago, actually, and it was. I we watched it. I watched it with someone, and we'd watched uh, the ritual immediately before, and the the Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre just f- felt a lot less intense and less scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's kind of a weird thing. With just, they've kind of given up on having a good plot, and it's just kind of how intense can we make make things? Yeah, there is definitely like a like gore porn aspect of horror movies like how shocking can we make this and that's definitely like you know the saw movies really went there with that and you know i was just gonna say that like you can you can see that progression from the first saw movie to the end yeah yeah it's um you can just you can just see the evolution of gore porn from like something with like a reasonably good coherent plot and (laughs) some gore porn to something that's just full on just a spectacle of you know, gore by the end. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie Martyrs? No, I did not. It was a French film. Um, and it was essentially like an attractive young woman being tortured for like, th- I don't know, it was the last third of it or something. Um, and like, that was the, I think feel like that was the really shocking part of it. Like that was the horror that came from the torture scenes. Um, mm. And it, it's like, it was an interesting film. I won't watch it again, but it wasn't really m- the type of thing that I look for when a horror movie, I guess. Right. Right. Um, speaking of horror movies, what are your five least favorite VSTs? Least favorite. Um, I'm going to... Least favorite. <laughs> I'm not like... You've, you've faced this question before. Yeah. I, st- I mean, I, since, since that, then I haven't used five VSTs that... <laughs> I've disliked that much. Um, hmm. I'm going to say, I think it's called Ellipsis or Eclipsis, and I dislike it. It's this, like, free uh, synthesizer. I dislike it because it crashed really hard and deleted all my presets and uh, rendered my project Jeez. file pretty... I don't know. I had, like, seven instances or something running different pads, um, and I, right. I was like... Fuck this! I'm uninstall- uninstalling it. Um, what else don't I like? I don't know. It's, a, it's not something I've paid much attention to. I'm sorry. I don't have an answer again. No, it's okay. I'm just like I don't know. I find it like weird when I ask that question to see how people react. Fair enough. To it. Um. Because I guess, like, as a profession, I think, like, architects are a lot more kind of pessimistic in that kind of way. It's like, if you ask an architect a name, they're 
five favorite architects, they would have a very hard time doing it. But if you ask them their least five least favorite, yeah, yeah, it would be like incredibly easy. Yeah. Like, but if I asked you, like, who are your least favorite like electronic musicians? Ooh. I don't know. You know, if you asked me that when I was like 22 or something, um, I probably would have an answer. <laughs> I've sort of made it right. like a, not a rule, but just like a guiding philosophy to not stare at things that I don't like. Um, <laughs> so if I can control oh, the music, I'll put on something cool. Um, right. Hmm. Artists that I don't like. Oh, this like three piece uh, big room like group called bro hug i don't know if you've ever heard them no i've not heard of them. just the most disappointing drops um <laughs> but that's kind of big room for you i guess <laughs> yeah, big, i mean there there were satisfying drops at one point yeah yeah i feel like now though it's remembered for unsatisfying drops like big hypey build-ups and then like and that's your drop well, right, because people got tired of, like, the huge ones, yeah. so then they had to kind of, you had to invert you had to invert it. I feel like that's kind of a thing in techno sometimes. You get, a like, a really lush build-up, and then everything will drop away, but the sub and the drums or something. Um, right. But I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe because I like techno, I, I give it a pass, but it's a little bit of, like, right, sleight of hand. They basically, like... Mm-hmm. giving you something that you're not expecting. Well, I mean, that's like a lot of like kind of idm stuff. Yeah. Is you go from kind of a straightforward build to just a kind of glitched out mess of a drop. Yeah, yeah. Subverting expectations. Right, right. Yeah, so you don't, so you have one, one least favorite. Yeah. Bro hug. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. Uh, what else? Sure, it's not Bro Safari. No, I haven't really paid attention to Bro Safari, but I don't have anything against them. I don't know if it's one person. I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I guess it's not the EDM podcast anymore. What do you mean? It's just the hypertext. Well, yeah, but I'm, <laughs> we're exploring your your culture. We're exploring your culture. <laughs> That's fair. Um. Yeah, and you know your culture is is bro safari. Yeah, n- not really. Pretty pretty mild on bro safari, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, let's 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 name some artists and get your opinion on. All right, them. shoot. Uh, copycat. Copycat. Um, I think there's another artist with this very similar name with only one T that I've listened to and been like, uh, not my thing. But I <laughs> listened to the actual copycat. The other day, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I could get into this." Uh, cone sound. Um. Oh, I li- I remember like playing the shit out of their like. It was like an '80s workout sample in I don't remember. I think it was maybe even an Arnold sample, um, in one of their songs okay. a lo- like a long time ago, like 2014. Um. But I don't know. Every time they release something, I'm like always impressed. They do pretty well. Uh, Flux Pavilion. Flux Pavilion. Is that Bass Cannon? Is that Flux Pavilion? Uh, they had that song, I Can't Stop. Oh, yeah. 
It's, I feel like Flux Pavilion, I think it is base canon, um, sort of like pushed, maybe not just as a singular entity, but there was that push in like dubstep and trap to have sounds that were very dissonant and harsh. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I think about when I think of Flux, Flux Pavilion. Um, yeah, not my favorite, but does all right. Gotcha. Um, let's see who else. The uh, the Aphex Twins. <laughs> all, all two of them. <laughs> yes, all bo- all both of them. Honestly, I haven't really um, listened to too much Aphex Twin. I think I had one of the. I don't know if it's one of one of the many, but I had one of the ambient albums on a hard drive that I got ripped up someone else. Um, Gave it a little bit of a listen, nice. but yeah. Um, other mm-hmm. than, was it Window Liquor? I don't know Apex Twin very well. Right. Um, I've been getting really into this song. It's called Avoid Hobson. Um, it's been kind of in my uh, reference track kind of rotation these days. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, Cocktoo Twins. Oh, I don't know them at all. Oh, no. Damn. <laughs> I knew I was gonna try. I knew I was gonna trip you <laughs> up. Um, let's see. Uh, My bloody Valentine. My bloody Valentine. That's like a sort of metalcore group. Is that right? No, it's like a shoot. No, that's bullet for my Valentine. Okay. is what you're thinking. My of. bloody is that the no my the shoegaze band. Okay, don't never listen to them before. Um, let's think. Uh, Slow dive. You know what? I don't think I've heard of them. I'm just listening like late '80s shoegaze bands. <laughs> um, just trying to trip you up. Yeah, um, tripped. Let's see. Let's see, I. I oh, it's embarrassing. Um, it's embarrassing for me. Damn. Let's see. Uh, New order. Yeah, haven't I? Probably will recognize some of their songs, but really haven't paid too much attention. Uh, the Modern Lovers. Don't don't even know them. Um, I don't know. Uh, Tame Impala. Does all right. I, I um, being from Australia, have been exposed to a lot of Tame Impala from the radio. Um, probably more than you'd like to. I don't think that. Like, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin something. Um, Kevin James. I don't think he's ever put out a song that has like bothered me. Um, but not like a hundred, you know, my sort of sound. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's all right. <laughs> question. Right. Question from a Greedo in the audience here. We had Igor with Igor. three R's. That's the like, um, the like break call. Mad, mad classical samples guy um yeah i'm a fan not not an everyday listen but definitely we'll chuck that on from time to time um africa bombata ah oh, africa bombata i haven't like dived too too deeply into the catalog um i really like that like early hip-hop sort of proto electro sound um yeah, yeah. i feel like Africa Bombarda had more impact on 
the electronic music scene, then it's really credited. It's sort of like, oh, it was like an early hip hop, you know, production group. But, you know, the, right. the use of synths in, in that sort of context was sort of not, not done a lot. Uh, Greedo in the audience is laughing ab about him, and uh, he and I and I am uh, very keen as to why he um, he had a lot of child um, molestation allegations. Uh, uh, who? Eagle? African Bobato. Oh Jesus! Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I almost got you to say you loved him too. I'm just let you roll on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean there was there was. Let's see. Uh, let's see how else can I trip you up, uh, Space Jesus? Yeah, one of my doppelgangers, right? Um, right, right. Uh, I remember hearing about Space Jesus for the first time, like not the sexual assault ac allegations. You know, I don't know. Um, he did a tour with Buku, who I've always really looked up mm -hmm. to. Um, so it was nice. When the allegations came out, Buku was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, Love it. Also, oh, I don't know if you remember, if you saw it on Twitter, Space Jesus posted, uh, it was, he basically posted AMA. It was like, the first response was bleep bloop, asking him, you know, have you, have you always been a sexual predator? Um, which I think was just like such a good thing for someone who's like, you know, Bleep Bloop and Space Jesus. That was like, they, what was that song they released? Um, Ichabod Crane. Um, and then yeah, Bleep yeah. Bloop deleted that from, from the streaming platform. So, you know, really putting his money where his mouth is. Nice. Um, okay, so top five favorite VSTs. Uh, favorite VSTs. Fucking trash. I've been using that a lot lately. Trash too. Um, it does a lot more than distortion and a lot more than multiband distortion. If you've if you've ever sort of dived into the um, like the filter and the modulation section, um, there's a lot of weird shit going on in there. It's pretty fun. Um, so that's definitely up there. What else? I use a lot of the stock plugins, honestly, quite a lot. Um, yeah. yeah. Does Reaper have like super good stock plugins? <laughs> I'll tell you what, they don't look that good. Um, it's still, Reaper still looks like it's from the, the 90s. Um, right. I feel like it was kind of conceptualized like a Pro Tools replacement. Um, and then the platform was just so flexible. It sort of, I've been able to use it for electronic music pretty seamlessly. Um, it's got some really nice like chorus and fuzz and distortion and the eq um like there's a there's an eq that's sort of built like uh what is that one eq8 um but right. you can have as many bands as you like um so I, I use that quite a lot i'll just have like put one band in or put like a uh like a band pass and modulate that somehow um what what would I use the most? I use a lot of tremolo actually. Interesting. Yeah, I find that uh, especially when you have an element that's in for like the entire f your entire section, 
Um, so like a lead line that, that doesn't really have any breaks to take a part of it, um, like to remove a part of it, to, to, to give more space in the mix, I will like put a tremolo on it. Um, and sometimes there's a tremolo with an LFO on the rate. So it'll chop up, it, chop it up in 16th notes and then it'll chop it up in eighth notes or, or something like that. Um, and sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I'll put multiple ones on it and get some really odd stuttering that, that sort of fluctuates. Um, right, right. Yeah, I think it's a really underused effect. I think it's really cool. I've been kind of doing that with, um, what's it called? Like there's like a granular option on the uh, Bitwig sampler. And so I've been like messing with the motion on that, on like lead sounds and stuff. Sick. I haven't done anything with uh, with granular synthesis. Synthesis. Well. Yeah. That's surprising. I um, I'll probably get there, but I'm still having fun with all the different ways of you know of additive like additive synthesis and sub subtractive synthesis can work. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of tools, and if what you're doing gives you what you want. Yeah. You know? I also don't really set out with a concrete idea of what I want anything particular to sound like. Um, I will usually throw some notes in a piano roll, open up a synth, um, assuming I'm happy with the piano roll, just start dicking around, um, and then add, a add, you know, add in effects chain, tweak that, and then go back and tweak the synth a bit. See see if it sounds good, and if it doesn't, I'll probably start again. Right. Yeah, that gets so annoying because it's like you'll make the sound perfect. And you're like, let me tweak like one thing in like the synth patch, and then everything that comes after it sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. It can, I mean, having like long uh, processing chains with the synth, you know, at the start of them, um, any change you make. It, it can kind of go, you know, in a couple of ways. It can make an in, enormous difference and change, you know, how the whole thing reacts. Or sometimes you realize, oh, there's so much processing and so much, you know, distortion and and all that, that the, the initial signal is not that relevant. Right, right. Well, I mean, I've kind of, it's been coming to the opposite because I've been, was watching some of like the, the art of Mr. Bill stuff. And so as a result, my signal chains have just gotten like 20 times longer. <laughs> I, I do, um, I do struggle a little bit with uh, like CPU usage. Um, so I've, you know, I have to commit to stuff and then, Oh, look at all that CPU I'm able to use. I'm just going to add a whole lot of, you know, effects to it. Right. Well, the thing is, I, just, I find myself using like the same like five effects just on everything in just random different orders now. Oh, yeah. What are, the, what are they? Um, let's see. OTT is kind of a given, right? Yeah. It's like salt. Um, I've got, yeah, it's like salt for pepper. Um, they have like an LA2A emulator. Um, the uh, comb filter in Bitwig. Um, the uh, saturation knob for like low end, um, and then the blur, like a blur tool, and for the high end, which is kind of like an all pass. Oh yeah. And sometimes I'll use just use an all pass. Interesting. Um, because Bitwig has like a built-in all pass filter. That's kind of sick. Yeah. Same with same with Reaper. Although it like that nice. um, that EQ plugin that I mentioned. It has the option for all pass filter, which is which is cool. 
Um, I built a um, a chain that had, I think it was like 10 all-pass filters um, with like LFOs that were slightly uh, out of phase with each other. Um, got some really right. squelchy sounds out of that. Nice. It's, it's a really unintuitive uh, like tool, all-pass filter. I sort of never really quite know what it, what's, what's going to happen with it. Right, I mean, it just, I don't know, it just it gives you space ultimately. Yeah. Well, it, right? it, you know, you, you get the whole signal coming in. It's basically chopping it at the point where you put the filter in and delaying the the half that's on the base side. I think that's how it works. I think it's the other way. <laughs> it could be the other I way around. High end. <laughs> I think, no, I think Disperser does the, does the low end. I think Disperser is built out of all pass filters, but don't quote me on that. I think it is as well, yeah. I was uh, flirting with getting it today. Yeah. And then I didn't. You'll, I mean, Black Friday is coming up soon. I don't know. It's, it, yeah, no, I made the mistake of like trying to get Nectar on Plugin Boutique by buying something else. And then I found Nectar to be holistically useless within the first five minutes of using okay. it. Okay, Nectar. Is that... Um, that's uh, an ozone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I might have nectar elements. Or isotope, yeah, probably. Yeah. I bought yeah. the, um, I don't know, there was a $50 bundle that came with a bunch of stuff. Um, ozone, trash, nectar elements, um, a few other things. Probably neutron elements, probably. Yeah, neutron. And there was a synth, this like spectral synth. I, probably iris. Yeah, that's it. Um, haven't opened that. There's yeah. also... Um, Iris is fun. You can get some fun fun stuff out of it. It does like weird kind of granular stuff. There's also a um this odd sequencer, uh loop break break tweaker, that's it. Um so that one has a whole lot of like uh um like micro timing adjustment stuff. So you can have like uh chop your two bar note into 500 individual notes and have them occur basically um sequence in like an exponential fa fu function so it, uh more of them will hit towards the the end of the two bars um so i found it interesting nice. for like building um sort of tensiony stuff 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 that sort of uh, increases in speed, but not in, you know, your typical sixteenth, eighth, thirty-second note divisions. Right, right. Um, let's see. Let me go to my list. Let's go to the let's go to the list of questions. Let's play the hits. Um, so, for the people who don't know you, what genres do you typically work in? Uh, lately, it's sort of house techno. Um, I kind of publish, like, where the, uh, what is it, the. Um, <laughs> where the distribution platforms request a genre, I'll just put progressive house because th that nice. kind of is a little bit of an all-encompassing all uh, umbrella. Right, if it has an arpeggio or it has a house, or it has a house. Beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I don't know, maybe overused the arpeggio tool, but uh, it's progressive house fits. 
Um, there's l- lately nice. been um, like experimenting with like a, a. It's kind of techno from a uh, <laughs> progressive house perspective, and I, there's that uh, maybe melodic techno is is a genre that I've seen on uh, on Beatport that sort of style. That's weird. That's a that's an odd name for a genre. It is, and it's. I th- kind of think it's Beatport renaming stuff that already exists. Um, but I don't know. I I like it aesthetically. It's it's kind of a cool sound. Right. Um, you want to do a future funk? That's a that's a genre. Future funk. Yeah. I've. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what it would. What would that sound like? I, I have a very hard time distinguishing it from just like this sort of wave of like new eighties kind of garbage. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think. If, I mean, what's it called? Uh, like cone sound and and like OPO. That's like electrofunk. That that would be how I'd classify that. Right, right. Um, but like a progressive version of that, I think, is like future. Yeah. Funk. I mean, it feels like there's a. Maybe not right now, but like six months ago, I feel like everybody on Tinder had blinding lights as their their, their anthem. It's, I mean, it's a great oh, song. It's so like, good. <laughs> it got it got overplayed to death, and it like still like ruled. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I it's it's like I don't know. I don't really listen to the radio or um or pay too much attention to like what what's popping but it it like got on my radar right. and i like i had to be like oh what is this song I, I better listen to it and it's like it's such a well-written pop song it's so good all right it's it's got everything it's got the 80s it's got you know a black artist which you know <laughs> is a good way to update the 80s um it's got a canadian which is very popular oh, yeah. in american pop music it's got that I don't, I don't know if you saw that Andrew Hong video about the supertonic. Yes, yeah. yes, the, it's got the two. Yeah, the second, the second note in the scale. The second one, second note in the scale. I felt it's like I that. felt kind of clever. And like the when uh, I was watching that video, I was like, "That's something the weekend does a lot, right?" And then, of course, it comes out that yeah, that's his sound. <laughs> you know, it's got that. It it. it doesn't have the millennial whoop in it, but you know, <laughs> okay. it could. Which is where you go down. You go down to the seven, and then you go up. Oh, okay. Ascending. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, just like an unabashed kind of rip off of something else done, like infinitely better somehow. Yeah, I think that um, maybe a lot of that sort of synthy pop music that came out in the 80s uh maybe not that it was wasn't recorded as well but the fidelity wasn't as you know where it is now right i haven't heard it on a big system but i bet it has a really pumping sob um you know like updating it for like the aesthetics that are popular now and you know with the you know technology that's possible now it's definitely maybe not that there's creative merit in that but there's you know there's commercial opportunities in that there's definitely commercial opportunities in taking um an old sound and giving it like a higher fidelity yeah yeah especially you know if the, if the songwriting was good you know what i mean yeah and fuck that the there's like 
that the word touch that uh, that is delayed like a slight bit, and it's it's really clever. Yeah. Um, and it's just like you smug fuck. You just had to had to be that little bit extra clever. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. I have on my list politics. Um, <laughs> bring it on. People, people who know this show are just have probably been waiting this entire episode to hear me go off. Um, you go first. Uh, it's uh, what's the word? It's kind of disheartening to to see. If, to have that reflection, well, maybe not reflection, but that indication that half of the voting populace in America doesn't care that, uh, you know, that Trump is a racist and that he's, you know, has all these sexual assault allegations and that he seems to be like a, a 100% a toddler. Right. They're ambivalent to the fact that their democracy is being completely undermined. There's chance to and count the votes and then stop the count. What? Simultaneous chance. Right, the, comp- the competing. Oh. But it's like, it, you know, the Trump supporters in some states are saying stop the count and the other states are saying count the yeah, votes. Yeah. Right, that's um, to date this for you, guys, for you guys, people listening to this in the future. Uh, yeah, Arizona, they're saying keep counting. In Michigan and Pennsylvania, there's... In North Carolina and Georgia, they're saying stop the count. It's uh, in Georgia, he's winning by four thousand votes right now. It's it's. I mean, it shouldn't be this close. Like, it it is disgusting (laughs) that is this close. He threatened. He was threatening that he was going to do this months ago. He was saying he wasn't going to accept defeat. He, he said it in the debate. Undermined everybody him. heard it. Everybody who watched the debate heard it. Yeah. I didn't even watch the debate, and I know about it. He said he was going to undermine the democracy, you know, the institution of democracy in the country to win. And oh, he's still going to lose, <laughs> but like, how? I don't. You know, it's like, how do you support you know someone who whose ideals are like that or how how much do does the 10 percent of your income that the tax that quote-unquote biden's taxes would take away from you matter that you're willing to give you know that up it's not i mean the people who are voting you know the majority of the people who are voting for him won't be affected by his tax plans because they i don't know they do marginal tax you know right but that's but that's what they're afraid of like they're completely just afraid of their taxes going up. It's bizarre, man. That is what the average suburban American who voted for him is afraid of. At least I would like to think that, that is what, <laughs> there is like a there's like a kind there's like an empathy in our thing. Please let that be what they're why they're doing it's that. Self preservation, or maybe you know there is that the great American lie that they're just down on what they're like millionaires who are waiting on their big break. Right. Well, yeah. The yeah. The American myth. The American <laughs> Work dream. Work hard, make some money. Right. But it's like no. It's like be charismatic as fuck in game the system. Yeah. 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 That's how you make the money. <laughs> that's that's it. Be charismatic as fucking game the system. 
be, become beyond parody. And we were asked if we um, have seen the movie Idiocracy. Have you seen this film? No. Um, is that the one with uh, Terry Crews in it? With yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know of it. I haven't Terry seen Terry Crews is the president? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of like a kind of trite point at this point to compare it. <laughs> Trump has been compared to him, you know, to the death at this point. I feel like reality has turned out it, worse but, than the, the Hollywood <laughs> projections of what this right, it's, reality could be. Well, that's, I mean, I guess the problem is um, you have kind of an artificial standard of what's like morally good and okay, you know, created and, you know, supported by, you know, this sort of quote-unquote liberal elite, and by that I just mean people who live in cities, and then you have people who value healthcare. You know, <laughs> people who value healthcare and maybe want to not drive a car, um, and you know maybe don't want to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt from college to go work eighty hours a week for free for someone. That's just um, the liberal um, elite brainwashing you. But. but yeah, that's the uh, liberal. That, those are socialists. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, that's you know that the fact they're calling like, Biden a social, like you know the fact that they're calling Biden a socialist, and this is something people are laughing on, latching onto, is kind of like totally disgusting, right? It's it, it, like I am maybe not comforted by this fact, but it is a little bit. Uh, like it explains a little bit of it, the fact that there's probably a bunch of, you know, a department in Russia that's dedicated to like feeding these like, you know, scared white people just what they want. They want to read. It's like they, you know, right, right. Um, so there's, you know, without a doubt, some outside influence pushing these people in that direction. Um, but still, like, <laughs> they got to have buttons to push in the first place for it to work. All right, you have to have kind of an inherent sort of, you know, fear of, like, quote-unquote socialism and, like, a general amount of racism to sort of believe in it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's, you know, the appeal to fear is definitely the uh, the button that it's, it seems right. that we've been pushed a lot. It's, it's there, there's been... I mean, it, it got it got him the Latin vote. It's wild. It's wild that you know, after the treatment of the refugees coming up from South America, and and that um, you know, kids in cages. Like, how is that not the right. the last? You know, the 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 breaking yeah, how, point. Yeah, how was like? Well, I mean, racism. <laughs> That's an easy answer, right? <laughs> Easy answer is racism. Fuck. Easy answer is if you're okay with, you know, engaging people because they're not of your race. Yeah. They didn't come here. They didn't... Oh, there's a... Uh, in Australia, there's the, the racist term for people seeking refugee status at the queue jumpers, um, mm -hmm. which is just, like, a hilarious thing to say for... What does that mean? Like, yeah, what queue? What like, there is like no queue to, to come here legitimately. It's... You know, it, it takes years, and if if your family is in danger, you're probably gonna go wherever is safest. Right. Well, right. Well, there was that thing about like that 
like caravan of, of, of <laughs> people caravan is running for their lives. Oh, running for their lives from like being killed and then they're just like can't have them here no. they're, they're simultaneously gonna leech off the system and steal your job yes they're gonna be a leech but they're also gonna well right it's don't it's count the votes don't count the votes yeah yeah it's what's i found to be particularly strange at least this time around and maybe it happened previously but i just wasn't aware of it was um like the alternative like health and wellness industry was real has really like a good chunk of it is pretty like pro QAnon, um which is yeah i haven't heard anything about this yeah it's um that that what's it called um that media company from the u.s uh, from the uk london real they published that movie uh plandemic um and it made a lot of appeals to that that sort of crowd um you know people who are fans of uh not to write it off but like acupuncture aromatherapy um and then the, the actual lunatic stuff like the uh like sound baths and um Oh, what is it called? These like chambers that you sit in that that bathe you in the fifteen hertz. Um, oh, I, there's like something about quartz pyramids and resin encased copper, and I don't know. It's it's all it's all nonsense. But the type of people who maybe that sort of stuff is appealing, um, you know, that sort of stuff is at least it's not harming anybody. It might not be beneficial. Um, in a like a practical sense, but those same people have been sold this insane lie that Trump is going to save the world from all the pedophiles, which is like, right? Have Again. you not seen the photos with him Beyond. and known child trafficker Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> Again, beyond par- parody. I know, right? What a weird time. Also, fucking Rudy Giuliani slipping into the mix right after uh, Borat 2. Right after his noted appearance in Borat 2, he's jumping on the mix to be America's lawyer or something. It just seems like, you know, there might be some very well, well calculated steps going on behind the scenes in terms of manipulation. But what's happening in front of the cameras is so bizarre. Um, and so, like, obviously corrupt. Like, like, there's right. something, some well, I mean, shift like, in the Did t- you see that video of... Did you see that video of Bernie Sanders, like, two months ago saying that this is exactly how things were going to go down? Oh, I didn't, know. Yeah, there's a video of him saying, like, exa- <laughs> this is exactly what Trump is going to be doing on Election Day. Be ready for it. And it, like, blew up because it... You know, he, he was right. He was... Believe it or not, Bernie Sanders knew a thing or two what he was talking about. Yeah. Would have probably been a good force to counteract him. Yeah. I, I, I'm of the opinion that he would have done pretty, pretty well. Um, a friend of mine did, did post yeah. that um, America is not ready to elect a Jewish person, um, which I thought was an interesting read on this situation. Um, but there might be some truth to yeah, that. Yeah, no, that is a fair point. It would have been div- he would have been divisive in the very same way for the exact opposite reasons. Yeah, he's like the you know, <laughs> it's not the anti-Biden, 
but somebody who has like firm beliefs. He's the anti-Trump for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, seems to be a very like the opposite of of Joe Biden in that he will attack things that he f- thinks are injust, you know, feels are injustices rather than it's you know having some lukewarm right, uh, you know, lukewarm response to it. Right, right. He's um, sorry, my cat. Is- <laughs> Yes, what would you like? What, what, what is it? Show the cat. Show the cat? Nope, she's uh, running out for a while. She just got to play catch. Um, where were we? Um, no, he seems to have that kind of Republican sense of being able to just sort of take two or three points and sort of beat them to death in a way that the uh, Democratic Party isn't really willing to do right now. Yeah, he's uh, you know? he's the, um, like, some somewhere in between the, uh, maybe the Republican Party's position 10 years ago, five years ago, something like that. Um, he feels like more like W than, uh, than, a, than right. Obama, um, as an example. Um, speaking of examples, do we want to listen to one of your songs yeah, now? Yeah, sure, check it out. Let's, uh, let's play this.
Here. Oh shit! What's going down? Um, I was called British because of my uh, teeth, and <laughs> once again being uh, trolled by the uh, OG Milky Beats. By OG Milky Beats, <laughs> my man. <laughs> once just functions just to troll me. Um, Keeps you on your toes, huh? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't. I don't know if it's engaging enough to do that. <laughs> um, but that song was certainly engaging. Oh, I'm, I, I'm picturing myself at two a.m. in a club, losing my shit to it. Yeah, I, I, I started writing, making that song, and I was like, "Hell yeah, I want to make some fucking acid and make people, mm-hmm. you know." something aggressive and it didn't really end up very aggressive um and there's still a little bit of acid in there it's just a little bit subdued um the arp kind arpeggio kind of stole the show um but there's a lot of uh a lot of polymeters in that song which i think are like coolest shit ever oh yeah yeah can you break down that a little bit for maybe someone who's not super familiar with polymeters um polymeters are uh, basically melodies of different lengths. Um, I guess not typically like a melody that's four beats and a melody that's eight beats. It's something like a melody that will go for like two and a half bars or three bars. So when at the time it repeats, it's not repeating at the same point in relation to everything else that's going on. Um, so uh, right. the first half of both drops, the or maybe it's the second half. Half of the drops, the main arpeggio is... is is a, a polymeter and the baseline is a polymeter for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's got that kind of shuffle to it. Yeah, it's 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 Pretty clear. 
I, I assume that's where the uh, Portis had influence comes from. Ah. Uh. Honestly, that's that's probably not it. Um, I realize now you, you you're banking my chain a little bit. That um, yep. When I first started writing, I was like very deliberately didn't focus on arrangement and conventional song structures, just to let my brain figure out how VSTs work and how sequencing and how MIDI works. Um, and as a result, made a lot of like a lot of melodies that didn't line up with the melody that was playing with um so there's some like some i guess the way i did it and hold my heart is probably quite a like a nice you know melodically coherent way to do it um definitely have done it in a right it's very very yeah yeah um it's it's a really simple way of making something sound a little bit more complicated is like the next time it repeats it's not harmonizing in the same way as it did right i did i think i did that for the first time in like a while like on something i was working on last night actually where i had like a i think it was a three like a three bar melody over like a you know eight bar yeah yeah uh, chord progression or something like i mean that's kind of the classic sort of way to do yeah it, yeah right? hey it works and uh it's it can definitely make um, the music sound, you know, like I said, more complex, but it, 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 uh, maybe has a little bit more of a dynamic character in, in that it's moving somewhere, even if things aren't actually changing. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's kind of like the vibe of the thing. And I kind of get the, uh, melodic techno, like, yeah. Um, it was mixed by a guy who makes like this song a lot of sense. techno. Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely got like, the sub comes comes to a lot more than I like the my than my mix came out. Um, right, I've, right. What what song did I have? Is did you ever hear that song Mitsubishi by the Subs? Okay, no. they're the I think they're from maybe from Belgium. Um, a three piece like electro house outfit, and they had a lot of like. Um, I'm just gonna describe it as like noisy leads. And that's kind of how I pushed the... I had, like, a lot of distortion and a lot of sort of... Um, the, the arpeggio is very definitely turned down or to, toned down in uh, in what's, what was released. Right, I was going to say, yeah, the melodic elements are definitely, like, the most kind of presently moving thing, but also the most, one of the most subdued things. Yeah, it's. yeah. It's definitely a very techno, like, a club-focused mix, which um, having heard it right. on you know, some decent monitors. It's like, oh, fuck, this is really pumping. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to wrap up here, let's see. Um, what what talking points did your uh, label bring tell you you had to talk about while you were here? Um, <laughs> Got to mention the single. Um, so we dropped that. Uh, I did a takeover. Hold my heart available yeah, everywhere it's, it's now. It's out everywhere. Um, everywhere that music streams. I think it will probably be on TikTok eventually. Um, nice. Are you going to hire some people to dance to it on TikTok? Hey, wouldn't that be something? TikTok music marketing. Um, no, I don't think I will. I mean, it, it, is, it is the reality. It is. That. Um, I'm not going to push it, though. If it happens, then... <laughs> It can happen. <laughs> What's that called? Organic marketing? Just let it, letting it happening? 
it's not really marketing it's not really a strategy right um talking points though right but it's not the it is somehow the most effective strategy though. Uh, yeah yes and no i think i think it is the most uh like to as a consumer it is the most easily received yeah, yeah, to, yeah to be presented with something as it appears amongst other things that you like Oh, that looks. Oh, that looks interesting. Or, or to be sent something by someone you, who's, who's, whose taste that you respect. That's like the gold standard right. in terms of, of marketing. Um, but you know, right. Speaking of that, you did like a take. You said you did a take. Yeah. Recently? Um, a some friends who run a uh, a vegan Instagram page. Um, I took over the their for a whole Saturday. Did a cooked a bunch of cool food. Um, yeah. Nice. It was. It was definitely new talking to a talking to my phone and going like hey y'all toast here i'm gonna cook some fucking vegan food right um so that was cool right just like talking into like a talking in like a video camera yeah it was a bit vloggy um, for you but it was fun um i've i don't know i've been vegan for years um but definitely when i first went vegan it was really useful to to know what you know what is a typical bunch of meals that somebody would eat in their day and not there like the thing that takes four hours to make um right and so for people who are like converting to veganism or thinking about converting <laughs> to veganism you know that's that obviously makes up a large portion of my yeah. demographic um with i guess the way i speak um what would you what would you recommend them um in terms of uh like the meals that you, you'd eat I think maybe go approach it from yeah. a, a really not so disruptive um, sort of angle. So if you like to eat... Right, but like, what if they are like a Silicon Valley disruptive um, type? Oh, just chuck out your entire fridge and your entire pantry and just buy all fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, that's like the most... The, making it really difficult for you. And I think that's like the least sustainable way to approach it. So if you can be like, okay... Every Saturday night, I like to have burgers and watch TV, you know, and watch the big game or whatever. Then maybe look at the Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger and just like make it easy for yourself. Right. So, you know, don't try and just eat raw raw fruit and vegetables for all your meals because you're just going to be like fuck that and go to I don't know, go to Wendy's and get a Baconator. Right. So, you, are you like just a? Are you like a raw vegan? Is that something no, you're into? No. Uh, cook my food. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of uh, because it's kind of an alternative way of of behaving. It, it there is a bunch of woo surrounding it, and the the raw vegan. Oh, the for sure. Raw vegan maybe the people pushing that have some shortcomings in terms of their understanding of biology. They're like, yeah, if you, can you elaborate on that? I have uh, some stepsisters who are, um, okay. So, uh, to break it down really simply, if you look at the total amount of nutrients in a raw vegetable versus cooked vegetable, the raw vegetable has more, more nutrients. Some of the nutrients are denatured when it's heated up. But there is another factor that's probably more significant, and it's called bioavailability. 
the amount of nutrients available for you to digest when you eat the food. So when you cook it, you break down the cell walls, um, and make basically make the food more easy, the nutrients more easy to digest. Plus, who likes to eat raw broccoli? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good time. <laughs> Protein shakes and raw, bro raw broccoli sounds like a real sustainable diet, huh? Uh, I'm not going to lie, that doesn't sound like the worst way to live. <laughs> there are definitely days where like I'll, I'll, especially during summer, no. where I'll just have like two meals that are entirely fruit and then, I don't know, some like lasagna or pizza for dinner. Um, definitely try not to be too, like, it's, it's fucking food, you know, it can be tasty. Let it be tasty. Right. Right, I mean, like, there's only so much kind of asceticism that we need in our lives. Right, yeah. And food is like, you know, it's it, it, it needs to be practical. It needs to have the nutrients that you need. But it's also something that you're going to be doing right. fairly regularly. And if, you, if it, you're not going to enjoy it, then uh, you're going to have a pretty, you know, <laughs> unenjoyable life. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, it created culture it brought people together historically you know yeah yeah there should be some joy to that so in 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 saying all these practical things about veganism um the, the last meal that i made was a lasagna um and i cooked the the sauce from scratch and it took like maybe four hours um but i was i had sort of set myself up as like that's what i was going to eat for dinner um, and I planned for it all week. Right. And plus, it's fed me all week as well. Well, that's that's worth it. I once spent, I think, probably around that, making just onion jam as like a just part of a side dish for a meal, and it just it took <laughs> so many hours to make versus what yeah. I got out of it. I've I've done that with with onions. You just like cook a kilo of onions down for like an hour and a half till they're just like mushy and right. brown and sweet. And like it's so it's so tasty, yeah. but you end up with like three hundred grams, like a tiny amount. But still also way too much simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a pretty good thing to have in the fridge. It's some like caramelized onions. It does really elevate anything you right. any savory dish you're gonna eat. It's a fair point. <laughs> so if there's anything um, you should take away. Speaking of... Um, caramelized some onions. Oh. Caramelized onions. Uh, what are your thoughts on China? Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a pretty... This is kind of a nuanced situation. There's a lot of people there. The, uh, the emerging middle class and the subsequent... Uh, what's the word? The subsequent migration of the Chinese middle class is like... 100% as a result of, you know, Western manufacturing moving entirely into that region. So the reason mm -hmm. that there's more Chinese people in cities is because your fucking Happy Meal toys were made in China for <laughs> since they were Happy Meal toys. Right. That's, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> is that... I never really thought about that. Yeah, one, you know? and I, like... Because, like, you, because you, cause, I mean, guess, because, like, I guess from kind of a, you know, dumb American kind of perspective, you know, you think about, like, people working in factories and you picture that being, like, 
a barely livable wage. But it's like, no, that's probably middle class over there. Like a factory well, worker. I mean, as a result of, you know, the money had to go somewhere. And, it, you know, in, in, in actuality, it probably didn't all end up in the pockets of, you know, the few rich factory owners and the state of China, you know, the Communist Party. Um, and it's right. it's like exceedingly obvious that there is definitely a middle class in China now that didn't exist before this like ma- manufacturing exodus that happened. Right, but I mean, as we're also kind of seeing the uh, end of that as well already, though, with China now exporting their looking for more poorer places to export their manufacturing. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. You know, like their investments in um, Africa have been kind of dangerous and are going to kind of shake the world in the next 50 years. Yeah, so, something else ways, to look I forward think. to. Four, four more years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Four years of either one of them with in regards to that. Man, it's like you feel like you made like the most conservative possible choice voting for someone. Then they bar- they're barely scraping by a win. <laughs> it's disheartening, isn't it? Because your entire, because your entire country's half your country's fucking racist <laughs> or just cares about their taxes taxes more than they care about racism. Oh uh, um, yeah. Man, let's see where the election results are at. We're gonna get the, a uh, live political. update here. Live update. Still Biden two sixty four, Trump two fourteen. That's the Google results, um, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I don't know how accurate those are, but honestly, I don't have a. Those are supposedly the most accurate. They currently have. He he is below uh, Trump by less than two thousand votes in Georgia right now. Okay. Freaking Georgia. Very odd. Less than 30,000 in Pennsylvania with 90% reporting. That said 99% six hours ago. <laughs> I, I, as much as I've tried, have, I can't not have this information presented to me. I had someone like a Tinder match was like gave me their number yeah. and that, that was happened to be some of the exchanges today. Um, on the weekend, What's um, what's quarantine oh, like? Fucked, man. <laughs> it, everybody seems to have some really, oh, yeah? like, different standards as to how far that, you know, like, how much they're willing to, uh, share their space, more or less. Um, right. And I'm like a little bit, uh, like I I would like to meet someone, and I don't really care about being physical on the first interaction because. I don't like as much as I like to be a slut. I probably am, you know, I'm not going to be doing it right now. It's not that responsible. Um, so I'm going to, if I'm going to sleep with someone, I'll probably try and sleep with them more than once. Right. Sorry, we have a, uh, guest <laughs> here. esteemed guest. Esteemed yeah, it's, guest. it's kind of all over the place. Uh, there are some days I kind of want to delete it, and some days I'm like, oh, it's popping off. Let's go. 
Right. I guess from what I'm peripherally, he- peripherally hearing, it's like just the like hookup culture of it has just magnified so much. You yeah. Know? At the same time, there's, I don't know. It's, it's it's odd. I will say that. <laughs> right. Like people want to be in like a car to hook up. Yeah. They even have a car. You have you have a, a tennis court and <laughs> skateboard. You shouldn't need a you shouldn't need a car. So just to uh to give you an update on that, there's a and for those who who haven't heard the unreleased episode, um, there's a skate park. Or rather, there's some tennis courts under construction at the end of my street that I I will will break into when when the sun's out and when the sun, when uh when it's good weather. So this afternoon, um, I was I approached the uh, along the laneway where I normally duck through the fence, and uh, an old man in his yard started yelling at me. He was <laughs> not impressed. Um, so I compromised. I didn't. I didn't break open the uh, the fence. I jumped over the fence and then uh, <laughs> gave flashed him a peace sign as I rolled I rolled out and as I was leaving. Um, so uh, nice. compromise. Come on, compromise. Um, speaking of uh, compromises, do you have any last words for the uh, fans there at home who are listening? Um, as we sort of wrap this up. Uh, prob- I should have a release coming in December. Um, December, right? What's next? What's that, next? That's what everyone wants to um, know. No, because you know you can't just like sort of sit and be like, "Yeah, I have this I, awesome song." Everybody, out. listen to it. I'm just gonna chill it's here like, for a second. Um, right, there, you're not allowed to do that. It's just you know what is what's next. next? Um, what's I've got next some thing? like. Uh, I guess I would still say it's progressive house, but it's like 134. Um, so kind of pushing it a little bit in terms of tempo. Um, that's that's probably what what's coming next. Um, I have recently nice, joined nice. a collective, like a beat making collective. Um, we United Collective got to represent. It's honestly mostly hip hop producers and some rappers, um, but it's you know it's gi- giving me like stuff to do and. You know, I, I've made a little bit of hip hop in the past, so it's not not too far out of my wheelhouse. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask. So, you're, are you like just making full on like beats for rappers now? <laughs> hey, there's been there's been one or two sort of requests that I've have I've done my best on. Um, I've definitely haven't got a handle on how to program 808s. It's still kind of a a, a dark art to me, uh, but I don't know. A lot of a lot of the hip hop that I, I grew up listening to was was stuff like DJ Muggs that you know was very much like uh, like Wu Tang Clan that that sort of sam- sampling with right, right. maybe a, a sampled bassline um, but but not you know eight oh eight I love them but not 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 uh, not really my pedigree I guess I'll get there maybe I'm just right, I'm man. just fronting because I can't do it. I mean, it kind of does sound like. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it does just sound like you're just afraid of them, and you're like, ah, oh, I know. Yeah, those, those, those are, those are bad. bad. Yeah. There's that um, 
about it. That uh, Ron the Jewel song, Just, that starts with the 4808s here. Do, 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 do. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with it. I'll get there. I just need to, uh, need to suck at it for a while. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's all things. It's sucking. Um, it's the first step to becoming sort of good at something, huh? Becoming sort of good at something. <laughs> or, you know, and I think, the, you know, the key is to just keep taking steps. Yeah, find, find what's interesting about, you know, about the thing that you're trying to learn. And if it's not interesting, maybe you shouldn't be trying to learn it. Right. But it is something you're interested in learning in the next Yeah, for months. sure. Um, or no, what is? Um, I definitely would like to learn more about DJing. Um, I have a little setup that's like a, um, I use an iPad and a, a Tractor Z1. Um, so it's like two deck control and a, a mixer. Um, but learning how to beat match, like I, I have some experience with CDJs, um, and some experience using CD, CDs with CDJs. And I always feel like nice. I'm flying by the seat of my pants and I barely have a handle on what's going on. Um, I think a lot of people think that way, though, <laughs> to be fair. Maybe DJing with CDs is, is kind of like that. Um, it's fucking fun, though. I like DJing. Um, in terms of skills, I'm going to... I'm sort of not related to music at all but i definitely like to learn to ride uh ride in the terrain park with snowboarding nice yeah i i i've been snowboarding for a long time um the last few seasons i've been slowly learning how to jump onto boxes and jump onto the big the big fat rails the big down tubes um so get better at that that's that's definitely a, a goal for the next six months Nice, cool. I've got a, a little, like a cool. dollar well. setup that I've slowly been growing. Um, so that's like something I want to I want to practice. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, let's talk about that. What do you what what um, what does that look um, like? Right now, it's a, a Novation circuit, um, and I'm using that primarily to like that's the master clock that's sending clock to the uh, the Arturia Micro Freak. Um, and then I have like a okay. couple of sends yeah. or I have one send going through, uh, a fender phaser and, a um, electro harmonics memory man, the digital one, the Hazari one. Um, nice. The, uh, classic using guitar pedals. As part hell of your, yeah. Uh, I have, I have a lot of guitar pedals. So there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of possibilities there. Um, but just getting used to. Uh, like sequencing on the fly, um, you know, cha- changing kick drums while right. things are playing to to make key things interesting. Yeah, how do you feel about that? It is like, is it more it's like something you do for fun, or is that like an actually you think productively sort of? Um, do you, do you find it a productive endeavor, or do you find it like an enjoyable um, endeavor? I guess. I would say that I'm not good enough at it yet to it feel it doesn't really feel that it's that productive um I definitely think maybe not with the setup the current iteration um I definitely think it's something that 
could be like I could potentially perform some songs in that using using the, this or or some other version of the setup. Um, I think that would that would be really cool. I really like the idea of sort of live electronic music that's maybe not entirely improvised, but has some sort of improvised element to it. Um, something like right. Fortet does, or um, I mean, there's artists that do shit with modular live, which is sort of mind-blowing to me um yeah i can't imagine with how like how like prone to breaking modular synths are i can't imagine yeah yeah like relying on that i think modular i like as like modules in particular they they it feels like they've you know they've descended from like uh test equipment and um like nuclear testing equipment which itself was very modular um having done a little have a little having a little bit of experience with uh with like um working in new nuclear labs uh as part of a physics degree i never finished it's it's like oh look bnc C connector from from this you know band bandpass filter to this um locking amplifier and then that goes out and there's like the spectrograph and it's like oh this is you know, looking back on it, it's like oh, literally audio tools being, well, potentially audio tools. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's something that I haven't really thought too hard about it. And I feel like if I do give it too much thought, I'll end up blowing $2,000 on a case and a bunch of modules. So maybe for uh, for future toast to worry about. Right. I mean, I, I know I just I got into VCV rack earlier this year and then uh, as a result didn't make songs for three months. <laughs> I just made some weird sounds. So, yeah, literally. So I've just was, I've been like kind of steering clear a bit. Um, I find the modular in Bitwig I can actually work with to sort of produce stuff because it's kind of efficient. Yeah, is that that's in, in terms of like plugging parameters into other parameters and um like cross modulation yeah, I between... can pull it up here if you want yeah I should be able to pull it up here let me see how this will go yeah so can you see that okay hold on a second no I can't see it at all <laughs> oh wait I see. Aha. Okay. Yeah. I can see. There we go. Some middle section. Okay. We've got an, en an envelope and a, an oscillator. All right. So this is the modular environment. Ah. Um, okay. It, it's, so it's like not particularly nuanced because it's like there's only so much you can do with it. Like, you know, I can easily add like an LFO, but things automatically kind of snap in in a way that's nice. That does uh, definitely take some some element uh you know holds your hand for a little bit of it right right but i mean i if also the fact that it's within the daw i think just um generally makes it kind of like more of an yeah yeah for sure um i have a i have played around thing. with uh um tractor what is it called blocks um not tractor like uh, the reactor uh, reactor blocks, I think it's called. reactor blocks. Um, I've played yeah, around yeah. with that a little bit. 
Um, it very quickly, I don't know what's going on. Um, which maybe is, is kind of half of what modular is about, finding all those happy accidents. Um, but it gets overwhelming very quickly oh, when you 100%. can just drag a new module in. Right. Um, uh, anything, closing thoughts? I think that'll kind of do it for us here. No, um, it's been fun. I think I've said that a few <laughs> times tried now, to as well. Wrap this one up, huh? <sighs> Wrap this one up. Let's... No, um... Well, I mean, we, we didn't get into technical death metal no. at all. Missed opportunity. Um, Missed opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, right now, I feel like I'm quite optimistic about music in particular. In, in general, it seems seem things seem to be like a little bit sticky, um, which is kind of cool to see for the first time. Um, and I definitely have like a full plate in terms of like my personal music to do list. Um, I have a collab with, nice. with a local That's artist it. at the moment, which is really exciting. Um, also, it's, also it's in Ableton, so I kind of got to get off my ass with that one. Uh, but it's also kind of cool to know that after like oh, you, three months that I'm proficient enough to like work with somebody on it. Right. Well, yeah, you've got like what, five days, five days. Yeah, right. to or I could buy another computer and, uh, <laughs> and then I would have another trial. Another. Uh, how do you get around the trial? Right restrictions <clears throat> just buy, buy a new computer we don't, we don't talk about how to we don't talk about how to do that on here <laughs> people know no, no, no none of that talk but see, buying two computers just buying another computer seems more expensive than buying Ableton yeah I mean you could get a, like a another like right now I'm running off a shitty laptop I could get another shitty laptop for a combo hundred bucks get another three months out of it I do need to like building a PC for music production is on my to-do list. So I'll get there eventually. Nice. And I think um, we eventually got to the end of this podcast. I think that uh, wraps it up for us Sweet. here. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you for <laughs> redoing this and being the uh, last guest on EDM Obscura and the first guest on Obscura by Hypotect. Sick. I'm glad. <laughs>